0: Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with Head Coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. And this podcast is coming to you as usual from sunny Wales. And I'm very delighted, I think, to have our very first Welsh Coach, with us um, on the podcast, so welcome along to Kerry Lovell. Hi Dan, um, just want to say thank you very much for the opportunity.
1: Um, really honored to be on here. There is a lot of coaches that uh, I listen to on these podcasts, and um, that I
0: really look up to. So thank you for that. Well, if they're listening in, they will be beaming and uh, hearts full of pride at that. And I am sure afterwards, uh, I think a number of coaches will be glad to hear your story. Actually. Um, because uh, just a little bit of background, um, I've been interacting on Twitter and other places with Kerry for a while and uh, managed to get down to watch and help out one of his sessions very recently. And about, I think about a week later, he shared a very personal blog about his journey in coaching. And anyone who actually sees or seen Kerry coach will think, "Wow, this guy, really knows what he's talking about. He's completely in control. And I think we will find out when we speak to him that that's not always been the case. So there's loads to learn. So I'm going to ask Kerry to give us a little bit of introduction into his coaching background. So over to you, Kerry. Well, I
1: uh, retired at 23 uh, from an injury. Um, I had an injury to my knee. And uh, I did some coaching then part-time in uh, local clubs. um, And I kind of fell in love with it. Um, didn't get to do much because I you know, worked a lot, as the usual story. Um, but then in 2016, I decided to become a full-time coach. And uh, I was fairly risky because um, I did eight months uh, without any money at all. Um, and just literally coached every single area of, of rugby from under sixes to adults. Um, my big break, I guess, was the head coach of, of university. Uh, Canterbury Christchurch University, uh, the women's team there. And um, and then it sort of took off from there. I've coached uh, since then. I I was working with Saracens DPP. uh, I worked for England Rugby. Uh, I moved back to Wales. um, I've lived in England for a long time uh, to become a Welsh Rugby Union Hub Officer, which I'm really, really enjoying. And I was made this year the head coach of uh, Vale Under-15s, which is an age-grade programme
0: yeah and I, I know that um that age grade very well because i'm very lucky that i uh, worked with the Swansea under 15s for a number of years and it's it is a really exciting bunch of boys to uh, work with because they are cool. raw exciting talented wanting to learn um so that that is that's the sort of icing on the cake really of of coaching but you're also working in um, schools as well is that right that's right. Yeah, I'm based in
1: Stanwell School in Penarth. Um, and I I tend to I go across to clubs and schools, and I actually uh coach coaches myself now, which I see as a you know a huge privilege, um you know using the experience that I've that I've learned over the years.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, let's delve into some of that experience. So, um, anyone had a chance to read the blog that you wrote will um sort of see something themselves probably but uh let's let's just um talk talk us through uh that journey so describe your journey from being what you said was a winning coach to the coach you are today and also how Russell Earnshaw in particular changed your approach
1: yeah so it was a kind of revelation moment i i guess um so what happened was i became the head coach of uh, the women's team there were some very very good players in there um and being a fairly green coach green coach sorry um what happened was that we started winning um you know I, I think i had some part in that but um you know as you know personnel is is everything really uh, mm. in terms of winning so yeah. um so what happened was i just Based all my worth, their worth, everybody's worth on these wins, and uh, and we just kept winning, uh, and that was the the biggest problem actually. And um, so I, I kind of sacrificed um, development, sacrificed long term coaching. Um, I was very reactive, um, and and it didn't really sit right with me morally. And I knew there was there was kind of more to do there. Uh, I remember an occasion when we had a loss after about ten wins, um, and I wanted to quit um and i've genuinely want to quit i rang my partner and said that's it i'm quitting i can't do this and and that's when i kind of realized that you know this was more about not losing than uh, enjoying winning and um you know that for me that was the turning point that i, I knew i had to do something else uh this is where um, my chance encounter with russell earnshaw uh, came and uh it was russell that, uh that really kind of changed the way that I coached um, if I'm completely honest and uh, you know it was it was a pleasure to meet him I'm still in contact with him now on a regular basis Um, for me it was about he was talking about things that I'd never you know really thought about Um, and it was things like um, how do we change the game how do we change tradition Um, you know traditionally coaches uh, you know they they played to win, and I and I totally get that. And um, but it's everything to them. Um, he was talking about players taking control, uh, and it was just it just really opened my mind, and and it really struck with me on a on a, a moral note, and 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 maybe become the coach I was. And so what I did was uh, I went on a journey then um, as to you know how could you possibly win um, but lose games. Um, and that was that was a huge journey. And that's what took me to this blog. Um, it was an experiment this year, a real experiment right from the start with on vale Under 15s on, you know, how do I really put this into practice after I've been practicing for years? Um, this was a new project. Um, can I make it work? And, uh, you know, so far, there's been some great success.
0: Good. So we'll talk about how you might measure that success in a moment. But uh, I'm I'm particularly interested in the fact you said you redefine yourself uh, as a coach. And uh, anyone who's been in any contact with Russell and uh, yeah. often it's uh, you seem uh, he does pop up as chance meetings as well. But they are they are um, he is the sort of person that will help change and encourage you to change the way you think, which is which is fantastic and energize you to do that. So you've re- redefined yourself as a coach, but um, Russell's message is very much um, the RFU's message, uh, the RFU's courses message. He's been a big um, influence on that. So I'm sure you've been, in, been involved with the DBP and be on courses. Um, how did the message not get through or did you not hear the message or was the message missing?
1: I think some CPDs have been fantastic. Um, I, I think in particular the RFU uh, were kind of a leader in that, uh, in terms of British rugby, uh, in terms of the games-led stuff. Um, and I, I took lots from them. Um, obviously some some words. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, my the thing that I try and do from each CPD, I, I never see any of them as a, a bit of a waste of time. I always try and take one thing away from it. Um, for example you Know recently when you came and, and coached our guys down at the Vale under 15s, um, that message, um, you know, when you ask them the question, What is excellence? um, that's that's really struck a chord with them, and it's something that I can ask that question on a you know, again, and they they tend to snap into um, their excellent mode uh, and their version of excellence, and so it's you know, just just one or two things from each CPD, I think you can take, um, you know, you can really create a better coach for yourself. And um, so, yeah, I, I guess the message was all out there. I, th- I think what Rusty does is, uh, Russell Earnshaw, sorry, um, I know it's Rusty. Um, yeah. Well, I think what he does, he, he kind of antagonizes you a little bit and, mm. uh, and challenges you. I think you the
0: word out. he uses is Agitate. Agitate, yeah, antagonise, yeah, yeah. antagonise and agitate, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Depends on the on the day, but yeah. but yeah, he's uh, you know he, he does that. He, he'll question you, and and um, you know, as coaches, sometimes um, Dan, we don't get questions, particularly if we're head coaches. Uh, we we don't get that questioning to us. You know, we, we just run the program, and uh, it's very rare that we get that. So you know, for me, that was that was where he really struck that chord. He was willing to. To say, actually, have you know what does this really mean? Everything to you, and um, and that that was really what it was.
0: And I think it's important that we try and find someone like uh, a Russell or anybody who is willing to actually be brave enough to question us, and not necessarily tell us what to do, but to make sure that we perhaps reflect on exactly why we're there. And you said yourself you were uncomfortable with what was happening you weren't really enjoying the outcomes so if if there was a, a message to come out is um find someone to actually to challenge you and that that's not always easy i mean I, i'm gonna just put myself on a limb here i think both of us would say that if anyone wants to contact us and be that coach i well i'm more than willing and i know you are uh to to pass on the message so it it is important that we we do question ourselves so if um if if that question what would that question be what would the first question be to that coach you've spoken to him obviously for a little while what would you say to them i know it's probably depends
1: for it into a coach uh, that i'm challenging or
0: yes i yeah you
1: challenge a coach yeah um I think it's the why isn't it um, you know why do you coach I think I think it's a huge question um, you know there's there's many reasons why and I think for me my reason is um, because I, I I and it's actually outside rugby I, I genuinely believe anyone can do anything and um, you know I, I think that if you can um, help people believe in themselves um, I'm a very um, arm around the shoulder coach Um you know, I've, I thoroughly enjoy that part of it, you know, getting through to, to people, finding out how they tick. And perhaps for you, um, you know, it, that could be completely different. And I think so it, when you find your why, you can coach genuinely. And that was what I struggled with. Um, you know, I, during those eight months, I was working for free. I studied, I think, probably 80 or 90 hours a week. I was coaching, you know, at, you know within those 80 or 90 hours, I was coaching, I was studying, I was watching, I was learning. But the problem with that was I was learning other people's methods mm. um, and I, and I didn't coach genuinely. Um, I thought my version was too soft. Uh, I was coming across coaches who were very firm and, um, perhaps very strict. Um, and I'm very the other way. And, and then I, then I started to question whether I'm actually good enough. Um, and I think it took me a while and with Rusty's sort of questions, um, like, who are you? What do you do? Uh, I think that's when I found myself. The question I'd really ask is, you know, why do you coach? What do you love? Um, Mm. And what makes you happy? And I think when you get to that point, you become a genuine coach.
0: Yeah, and and also I think it's worth remembering that the why sometimes changes over time. As you become a little bit wiser, a little bit more experienced, you've seen things happen, you've tried things out. I mean... The, the the fascinating conversation will be this time next year when you've 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 pushed yourself out and with the way that you want to coach with these boys and you will then say right well that went well or and i'm sure you're going to say and i'll do that differently next time but that's uh that's for next year right listen let's, let's delve into some detail then um one of the things that often is said is that wins don't need to be victories you don't need to see um, a bigger score than the other team um, how can you create meaningful wins for your players so they're not just seen as lip service to development
1: yeah so this is a, this is a big journey um, and I've, I've learned some things over the years but um, some of the, some of the things that I that have stuck with me really um, I don't ever talk about score um, which which sounds strange. Um, it's the first thing usually coaches will talk about or not talk about if there's been a loss. Um, so for me, um, in terms of a player, if you, if you look at a player and you speak, look at any player on the, on the planet, I guess, um, from six to adult, um, they don't go on the pitch to lose. And, um, and this is what I think we, we fundamentally forget. And so what we do is we add pressure by talking about we must win, or even worse, um, we we can't lose, and <laughs> and and therefore, um, you know, you are almost saying to somebody they they already know that they they don't want to lose anyway, um, but you add in this fear, and I think, and I I, I guess I call it uh, this this fear of losing, um, and playing playing with fear, and if you look at a kid that is or, or an adult who's playing in fear, they'll never play their game uh, and the game that they you know they, they can naturally play. So we're adding this this extra pressure um when I say I don't talk about the score um we don't talk about so in terms of i don't put it on social media um i don't put so I'll congratulate the other team and I'll do exactly the same uh, when we lose and so the score becomes very secondary um I'm not a coach that that you know every coach wants to to win games, I guess because that's just part of the you know this this um this process of performance but it is a very secondary thing for us um and so i think something very simple like that i'm not talking about the score and not making it this this be all and end all and these you know rousing speeches we've got to win the game um that makes a huge difference to the players they, they tend to play without fear uh, and that's what's happening this season
0: now um, okay look, can i just uh, jump in there uh, so not talking about the score, so we're playing a game in training. Uh, yeah. What's the point of the game? So there's different different ways um, of scoring a game. Um, I, I think so. Okay, tra- I'm gonna I'm being difficult now. Yeah. So on. we're not talking about the score, but there's different ways to score in a training game.
1: Yeah. So um, I, I think again, traditionally, what's happening is that all games, let's say touch and pass, um, all games are based on how many sco- how many tries you score, mm. uh, and what, what we could be doing instead is looking for... So if we talk about wins and we talk about players developing and getting better every week, um, that's not just running and scoring tries. That's that's all, all aspects of the game. So, for example, if I'm trying to coach rucking, um, I won't give any points to tries. Um, um, we'll, we'll look at um, decision-making in rucks um, and all the points are based around that. So the wins come from that. There's still that competitive element. Um, but we've taken out this this element to, you know, to be selfish within the game, so it's a score, tries, and if, you know, if we base it all around, and you know, all of our training, if it's, if it's all based around how many tries we score, they're going to be doing that in the match as well. And, um, you know, we can't really focus on different areas. So you can keep it challenging. You can mm. keep, you know, you can keep lots of games going. Your players are naturally competitive, or they wouldn't be rugby players. Um, but just changing small elements of how the game is scored um can really you know work on things. instead of work, working on lots of drills you can put that into a game instead
0: now i'm interested again to just explore this a little bit more and i know we're off off piece here from what uh, we talked about we were going to talk about before so yeah. in a, in a game um the winning is is maybe scoring more points and you score more points by maybe doing something successfully in the game. And now you can add up those points at the end and that might um, come up with a um, a score which you might compare against another score and see if you win. Is uh, winning actually really just a feeling? And if we can help a player understand why they are feeling that way, they, they don't have to look for a win. They just have to look... To say well all i want to do is replicate the feeling so for instance and here is someone who's spoken to a lot of props but hasn't propped since the age of 13 Mm -hmm. Uh, you talk to a prop about a game and i've said it before probably on these podcasts they may remember what the score is but they will really remember what happened in every scrum that's what that's what they really enjoy and they will be thinking about the feeling they had when things went right or things went wrong in in that so is it possible then with young player younger players to actually take away the point scoring and i'm only just thinking out loud here take away the point scoring yeah. and help them understand what you said earlier the why why are they getting this feeling of elation when they do something well so for instance again i'm just um, just talking out loud um it could be for a the fly half to get a great touch finder out of the 22 or for the scrum half to pass that long pass of his left hand i know that one of the things we talked about was left hand passing of some of your players maybe that's the the feeling just what's that feel like and if you've done it again and again rather than oh you've got two points for that that, does that make sense is that where we might be going or am i going off uh, into something which may be too complicated for coaches to to think. No, about. I don't think
1: so. I, I think um, I, I think this is where this is going really um, of long of long term wins. And I think uh, yeah. So we we talk about you know with our guys who are learning new skills. So one thing that I do with my players in terms of performance is I get them to think about one thing that would change their game um, for the for the. The better, um, and and we we kind of prioritize that thing. So so I ask them the question: um, What one thing would you love to be able to do that you think would you know ultimately totally change your game? Um, and and then they get excited about that, and and then we talk about you know what would it do? What what could you do in the game if you could do this? And um, and then we'll talk about something that they're already really strong at, um, and and we say things like you know what what would happen if you were the best? Uh, best in Wales at this um, you know how would that change your game <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I totally agree um, in terms of I think there's many ways and, and, and guises of it um, uh, you 're right the the point system is, is you know it 's up for debate isn 't it um, you know is is there a better way is, is there a way i think you know if someone 's got ideas on that that would be fantastic and I think I think this is why I love coaching it 's just that somebody i think three years ago five years ago perhaps we weren 't ever talking about game led coaching uh, it was very much drill based um, some of it a lot of it still is I have to say mm. um, but you know this it is just evolving and you've got some you know fantastic coaches out there now that are coming up with amazing ideas and coaches that are new that are able to then contribute um, and one idea um, like taking the points away could could change the game again
0: yeah I'm not I'm just saying I don't want to take the points away I'm just thinking about that sensation that feeling now what um, again, uh, having watched you in action with the with the players, one of the things which is very clear is that you're making very strong personal connections with them. Mm-hmm. And that that comes with experience. What again, again, this wasn't a question I was going to ask you uh, beforehand, but I, I'm keen to pick up on that because you've said that you are talking to the players about ways that they can make themselves better. Now, how do you open that conversation up with a less confident player? Because you've got confident players who, who've played the game for a while. Uh, we're going to have coaches listening in here and saying, well, I've got four or five players who um, I'm just happy if they get somewhere near making a tackle. What? How can we help those coaches create better conversations? Um, I'm, I'm a big
1: believer in in giving confidence um you know making making people believe they can they can do anything and i think you know one one thing i was always taught by my old PE teacher is that you know if you tell somebody they can do it they can do it um so so i'll have conversations um you know more around um you know you're a fan you're fantastic at this um let, let's let's make you even better um rather than um you know this is a weakness and um, you need to get better. Um, I know this, this is a very small thing, but coaching is for me. Coaching is is so it's just so mentally led, I guess, if you like. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you can get into a player's head, um, then I think you're halfway there. Um, you know what what the what the coach is trying to achieve. If if a player doesn't want to tackle, um, are there ways that we can? Let's and we take that as an example. Uh, what my process would be. Um, you know what is it what part of the tackle is it that um, they're scared of perhaps or is it fear Um, is it it, you know and finding out what it is and and once you find it out it's solvable Um, and I I think that's I think that's half the half the battle most of what I do is is as you say um, very player led and and, you know uh, the mental aspect of coaching and um, you know I, I just genuinely believe that you know, if you, if you ask enough questions, uh, you'll get to the root of it. We've had players, for example, uh, in our girls' team at school that don't want to cut, didn't want to tackle at all. So I was faced with a situation where half of them didn't want to tackle, half of them did, um, but they wanted to play with their friends. So we put bibs on the, the players who didn't want to tackle um, and, and the other guys could tackle. So uh, it was all, they were all in the same game. It was a mixed ability um and then what happens is the confidence starts coming through they see their friends and their peers doing it uh and then that that develops from there and and by the end of the season everybody was tackling so i I don't believe that there is there's a child out there that if they have the
0: desire and if you find out perhaps what the fear is that can't can't do something and the key again is uh, the fact that you're having conversations with them uh you're not treating everyone the same you are giving everyone a chance to yeah. do something or approach it differently which is again it's a skill of a coach and the coach has got to be patient and you've got to be willing to spend a bit of time on that probably maybe a bit more time on an individual conversation rather than the the huge team talks that some some coaches uh talk about now i'm going to go uh slide back to um, a question i was going to ask you earlier Uh, In the blog, you talk about uh, Bill Walsh, who was a very famous um, American football coach. And one of the many things he said uh, was that performance comes first and the wins will follow. Mm -hmm. How do you measure performance? uh, Or maybe what does performance look like? Uh, So I'm huge
1: on analysis. Um, I, I, I spend a lot of time and hours, mm. uh, looking at, uh, video and, and stats. Um, I love, um, feedback for, so, so if I get a, a video of the game, what my process for me now at the Vale is that I'll video the game. Um, I've got a great analyst that comes and does it, uh, John and, um, he puts the game out. I put the game out public and then I'll ask certain questions, um, to the players Um, so I'll say perhaps a a general question you know what give me one thing you did really well in this game Um, uh, one thing that we you know if you were coach for the day uh, and you could only coach one thing for half an hour what would you change Uh, what would you coach you know to, to get ready for the next game or for long term development um, so I'll challenge them first, and then the answers come back from them. Um, and then we'll look at. Then I'll perhaps do a, a mini analysis session for half an hour with a video and what I'm seeing, etc. And then we come up with together as a squad. We come up with what are you know what our work ons are in terms of long term, and perhaps just some maybe because you always have to fix some short term things. Mm. Um, you know that could just be how. For example, this week we had to just basically teach them a different way how to get out of the to defend the scrum quicker um nice. foot placement in there and that's something that as a coach i can intervene show them a, a way see if it works see if they buy into it and then i can fix that fairly quickly um so you know in terms of performance and uh, it is i have to say sometimes it, you have to put a bit of work in um and I, th- I think that's the key. I, I think I really think that's the key. I think anything's possible if you if you put the work in. We can't expect our players to be putting all this work in. So and, and then you know we don't do the same. Um, and I, I really think that you know that's for me that's the big thing. I'm willing to to put those hours in, and um, so performance is, is measured that way. Um, we can see it. It's tangible. Um, I use stats, um, players can see themselves getting better, they feel good because of that. Um, and I ask the question before the game, um, I never do a big speech. I say, do you think we're better than last week? Um, and they say, yep, I'm ready. And and that's it. And, and I let them talk amongst themselves about how we're going to go about the game.
0: So let's, uh, well, first of all, that uh the way the way you're doing that, you're obviously being very much player-led. Uh, but also it's interesting that you're quite happy to step in and chase something up yourself and say, right, okay, we're going to do this. Uh, we can't always be long-term development. I know that it that, uh, has been a change. You've changed from short-term to long-term. But there are moments when a coach's got to step in and say, right, this is the way to do it. Uh, now, I'm thinking about maybe with your school players – uh the ones who are not uh who do games or do sport as as part of the many things they do they aren't rugby isn't there in their main sporting life how would you measure performance for them and how would you help them because obviously you can't film every single game of rugby um practically i mean maybe you can but some coaches can't how, how would you put, perhaps solve that problem it like a school a school game well, yeah, school games or teams which uh, the players um, only maybe half the players are really into their rugby. The rest are, yeah, we turn up, we quite enjoy rugby, but we're not going to be uh, probably not going to be have a chance to have the game filmed.
1: Yeah, um, so again, there's, there's there's ways of doing that as well. If um, if I've so I've done I've done similar things with this with as a, a hub officer, um, you know, looked at. I've gone into a team for example that I just helped them out for a week um, and then come back perhaps a few weeks later uh, and see how they're going. Um, I, again it's got, I think it's got to come from them we in terms of, of um, their, their performance um, they've got to, they've got to buy into what they you know what they think is they should be better at um, and so in terms of measurability I can I, I, I think you if you ask them the question, um, how do you feel about this area now compared to you know last week and again this is a very it's going into personal relationships and having having chats um, do you feel like you're getting better uh, can we you know what what can I do for you how, how can I help you do this I think I think it's just having those conversations all the time and um, the more I talk actually to you um, the more I realize pretty much all of my coaching is done through personal relationships and yeah. um, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's never, it's never, an exact science. Um, you know, how do you manage a child that, um, you know, is, has got, you know, these issues, but I think there's always an issue there, Dan. I think that, you know, you can get to the root of a problem. Um, and often, you know, if you, if you ask the question, you know, what, what is it that's, you know, that is stopping you doing this, how, you know, how can we, how can we do this together? Uh. That the answer often comes from them. And, yeah, you're walking
0: uh, walking alongside them rather than leading them or pushing them. Is uh, yeah. often a very powerful way of seeing it. And the so let's think about these conversations here because this obviously strikes me as probably the most powerful thing which is which is happening here. Apart from mm. the actual approach you're taking, you are engaging with these players. Um, how how many how often do you get a chance to speak to them one to one? And how do you engineer that? And is, is it possible to actually maybe miss out on a few weeks of speaking to someone one-to-one? I'm just thinking about the practicalities of it. Because, again, uh, as as a hub officer, you are able to go into schools and spend some time with them. But you're not spending seven, eight hours a day, which maybe a teacher can spend with them, or maybe the time with you spend with the Vale players, because one of the great times to talk to the players was actually on the coach to again, because they couldn't escape you, and you could sit next to them and, yeah. and talk through. So, for for coaches who are trying to find chances to have conversations, what sort of things have you found has helped you or allowed you to have a better better conversations?
1: Simple things. Um, so, I make a point of uh, I made a point right at the start, which was very awkward for the players of shaking hands with every player. Mm-hmm. Um, very simple thing it's Something I learned um, from another coach. Um, and so I did that. Now it's very comfortable. They're shaking hands with each other. Um, you well, you'll be have-
0: pleased to hear you're in good company because uh, uh, Mike Ruddock, uh, one of the first things he said to me uh, uh, when he said, uh, one of the things I always do as a coach is to shake every single player's hand at the start of every single session to make, make that human connection with them. So uh, yeah. you're in 100%. good company. Well, when I first did it,
1: they were kind of like, "What is? who is this guy, what is he, he in his hand? And it was a bit, you know, awkward for them. Um, I still do it. I, I, you know, we've been probably training together for about 12, 14 weeks. Um, I still do it. I make sure that I don't, you know, miss anybody. Um, with, within that, I just ask them, you know, are you okay? Um, how's your week gone? Um, and, and I think what happens then, Dan, is that people come to me, so they've all got my number. Um uh, for example, I've uh, announced a team yesterday for this game tomorrow and um, every single player, uh, obviously because you only get to pick 23 and we've got 30-something in the squad, um, every single player that wasn't selected... Um, has phoned me and spoken to me and we've you know they've it's just recreated this this relationship. Um, and there's an interesting point on that actually. Um I think you were, you were at the session when I asked this question. Um but I asked them how they wanted the the uh, news of the squad delivered. Um because often, you know, back in back in the day you just there's thirty odd players and you just say, Right, you're picked and and that's it. And the other ten are just not picked and uh so I just said some you know here's here's the options. do you want me to tell you here do you want me to do this what do you tell me you guide me on this and um and we and we do what they what they asked um and I think these these relationships I are remind me
0: hard. what they did say did they, so they again, say just just
1: announce it didn't they? Yeah they said um yeah they said uh, can you put it online and announce it and I said um okay and then I'll speak to every player that isn't in the squad. I said and if that doesn't work and it's not working for you, We, you come to me and we'll we'll change it again. Um, so they, it's very, very led by the players. They were all comfortable. And right now it's working. Who's to say in, in a month's time it won't? But having that open line of conversation with them at all times um, really helps. And uh, I've also done things like, I'll spend, I've done a player profile for each. I'm doing my level three right now with uh, Welsh Rugby Union. Um, and I, for that, I had to do some profiles, but I thought, as I do, um, I took it to a different level, and I uh, I did one for every person in the squad, um, you know, and I watched video and, and and gave them some you know real relevant stuff, and then we talked about their work ons, and um, they were excited about it. They were excited about um, getting better, uh, and we you know I, that was real a real surprise to me. You know, I was a bit nervous about saying well this is not quite right or whatever. And I didn't go down that route. I just said, you know, what is you, what would you like to achieve, etc. cetera. And, um, and they were really excited about saying, you know, I could, if I improve this, I could do this. And that was a real shock to me. I think players don't mind. They don't mind talking about these things at all. Um, I think it's just perhaps we don't have enough conversations with them. Um, I kind of know who they are now, which is fantastic. And I'm just thoroughly loving this process. It's been, it's it's pleasurable. Uh, The winning's kind of secondary and we're just as squads having a good time, um, getting better.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's often about the individuals. It's about uh, those connections really paying off. And uh, you sometimes, uh, I expect uh, what will happen is that uh, you'll look back and you'll see, players in a squad which didn't win too many games being doing really well but not necessarily just in rugby but in lots of walks of life because they've they've had that they've had that experience and that that moment when someone's actually asked them what do they really think uh but not in a way of um oh you've done really well well done you it's (laughs) no right what can you do to do i'm here to support you let let's let's make a plan let's get on with it you're, what you're I think probably and you might you might say I'm wrong here but I think though that you're not actually just saying oh uh, I'm going to wrap you up in cotton wool you're getting you're going to be fine you're being quite honest with them but you're being honest with them to say right let's do this because then you can get better
1: absolutely yeah absolutely um it has to be genuine praise um you know they'll soon see if you if you're saying well done every two minutes um that you don't mean it and uh, uh, yeah so you know picking out things that they've done well the, even after the session um, I'll just go up to a few players um, you know and just tap them on the back and say you're outstanding today because of this because of this um, you know please bring that next time because that's, that is phenomenal and just you know they, they just, Bertrand, just
0: let's go back through that conversation again because uh, yeah. within that you did about three or four different things which made the, the conversation a lot more powerful So whether you can remember what you did, just say what you did again, and uh, let's pick out why that conversation is powerful. Um, Sorry, so you tapped them on the back, and you said that was outstanding. Now that's often the end of a conversation. So what what were you doing next?
1: I I mean, that was that was pretty much it. But it's just I think it's making the point of um, you know I've noticed you. I've noticed that you you know I, I appreciate your effort. Um, you know and I think we don't often get that it's I remember when I was when I was playing it was kind of you know right you've done your session we've got to win this game Saturday mm-hmm. do, you know, don't don't go to bed late et cetera et cetera um, and you know when you get to know your players you, you kind of know what what makes them tick and whether you know
0: uh, yeah but any- Kerry I think what you're doing is doing, so I'm not going to tell you off here because I think you're doing yourself a disservice here so right. when you said that you said okay you make a personal connection with them then you give them some praise you give that you gave them some some specific praise it was probably a bad effort but you actually said what they did so you did that well did that well and then at the end of it that wasn't the end of the conversation because uh, coaching is dynamic coaching is for the long term you were then saying let's bring some of that next week or let's use that next week. So the player isn't, the game hasn't finished Uh, in a sense. The game is continuing because when you turn up on Tuesday night or Wednesday night for training, that player is taking forward what he's picked up and gathered and um, processed into his mind from the game and he's been noticed so that um maybe agitates it or makes it stronger and he's coming right on saturday i did this now in training i know i've done that let's do more of that and then let's see what would do this so that that's why i felt it was powerful now you probably did that naturally uh but for maybe less experienced coaches, maybe a level one coach or someone who hasn't been coaching well, they've got to go through a process. They've got to say, right, let's make a personal connection. Let us give some praise. Let's be specific with that praise, but don't let it finish there. Let's take it through to uh, Wednesday.
1: Absolutely. I, I, the one question that I ask them after every session, actually, I, or after every, um, every part of the session is, do you feel confident that you could take that into a game next week? Mm, uh, really. It's a really powerful question. It's because you can see the reactions uh, and it's like, and, and they just go, yeah, yeah, I could, I could do that. Um, and it's just this kind of light bulb moment. Yeah. you know what? I could, I, I'm actually able to do this. And uh, I, you know, these little things like that, I, I don't know. They're not techniques that I've, that I've read about. I just, I just guess I, I just, love seeing that reaction so i had that reaction once perhaps when i've asked that question i use it a bit more um and uh and it kind of solidifies that learning that we've that we've just
0: undertaken yeah and uh positive reinforcement um feedback in the moment all those sorts of things uh make a make a big difference well kerry i think that anyone who's been listening to this will understand that first of all you're very passionate about uh, your coaching, and you've made quite a few sacrifices for it. and And some will be watching this saying, oh, "Right, um, you know, I wish I had the same amount of time as Gary did coach." But for yeah. me, the things which come out is uh, are the the way that you've redeveloped the personal connections with the players, and this is ongoing. Right? You're not saying this is the uh, the end. I've cracked it um what well, if you if you're looking back on yourself now, say in the last four weeks um what are you saying to yourself right what am I going to do next? what am I going to do a little bit better next week?
1: yeah, all the time uh so it's critic really um yeah, in terms of perhaps uh so my 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 latest work on for example, is um, just minimizing um the amount of chat that I do before. Um, how do I get my message across, um, in a, in a better way and just shorter and how do I, you know, still make it as effective. Uh, so that's, that's a big work on for me. Um, and you know, I'm just constantly doing that. And I think, you know, your question in terms of time, um, you know, I do my job in the daytime like anybody else does. And yeah, I do a lot of rugby, um, in schools and things like that, but, um, if we are just talking about doing shields and um, what I'm doing as a head coach, there, I, I only have the same amount of time as anyone outside work. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, it's I, important
0: I think, for everyone to, to take into account.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I wish I did have um, 40 hours a week to do it, but um, so I, I only have the evenings. I, I think it, I think it's just, it's basically how we use our time and, um, you know, making sure that um, the message, the message is right. The positivity is always there. I, you know, what I really love to finish on is that in terms of, so this, this whole thing was about how do we take wins out of losses, um, mm. high performance, um, what they call a high performance role because it's, it's age grade going into Cardiff blues, etc. Um, there's a lot of pressure there um, to win games, but, you know, does it have to be, um, can we, can we change that? Can we change that circle? Because, um, if that pressure is there for the for you as a coach, that's then put onto the players. Mm. Is it possible that you know younger players, especially, um, can be playing without fear and and going out there and enjoying the game? And and the conversations are different between you know parents and and clubs, and the ex- expectations are different. Um, I, I certainly think it is, um, and I certainly think that it just takes this conversation to start. Um, I've you know I've come on record as a coach who just talked, made a blog about losing. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a fairly risky move um, for any, for any future employer. But the the real point is, um, can you know what what does a win mean? I, I think the wins will come, um, and I, keep, I think we'll keep more people in the game. Um, you know, you can start off with three losses, but you might win every single game from the start. But the, yeah. but the real message has to be. Are we keeping players in the game? Are they enjoying it? Is it about the players? And um, once we do that, we'll increase rugby, we'll increase participation, and then we'll get um you know some real solid results across the country.
0: And of course, Cardiff Blues aren't looking for um the a winning veil team, they're looking for five or six players who are better prepared than they were six to eight months ago, but also um the WRU just like the RFU are looking for players who want to stay in the game and maybe end up as the coaches or maybe end up as the second 15 captain at the local club who gets another 14 players to play that's that comes from uh some of the experiences they've had they've had early on and if it's um if it's been all about winning and uh you had a losing season you pretty much gave up rugby or so it was was it wasn't worth it then then that's not high performance. That is that is disappointing because we lose the players anyway. Gary, it's been brilliant because you've you've been very very honest. I've thrown a few curveballs at you, and you've dealt with them very well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've I've to, what I've taken out personally is that we can always improve how we talk to players and on a on a on a individual level How important it is. So, um, I'm sure we're going to have you back on again because um, there's plenty more to talk about. And also, we'll be interested to know um, what's changed and um, what you've done differently. And I'm sure everyone's going to be wishing you well on your level three. So, anyway, Kerry, thank you very much for your very valuable time before you've got to go and speak to all your players about why you've dropped them. (laughs) I I did it that night, so I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. You've got some time off. Yeah. Anyway, that's great. I I really enjoyed that. And um, I hope that everyone uh, listening in was able to uh, uh, take a lot out of it. I will post a link to the blog as well uh, and the bottom of the podcast. So, thank you everyone for listening. For anyone who wants to find out more about this podcast or get some more information or listen to some of the other podcasts uh, from some of the great coaches that uh, Kerry's been inspired by. Uh, when he's when he's listening to these um, podcasts, go over to rugbycoachweekly dot net, click on the podcast button, and let you let yourself fill your boots with coaching gold. Um, so, thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to speaking to you all very soon. Thanks for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the Blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.